What the Tech Africa podcast powered by Africa Tech Radio. African startups are taking the risky bet of expanding beyond the continent for growth and profits. Last year, we had Paga, the Nigerian mobile money service, announcing expansion plans to Mexico and the Philippines as part of a $10 million funding round. While SWIFT, the Egyptian box alien service, has also expanded to Pakistan, where it currently operates in three cities. In the year 2021, Helium Health, an electronic medical record and hospital management information service provider, announced launching to Kenya, and many more African countries are doing the same. Why is this? How does this impact the African tech ecosystem? Today on What the Tech Africa podcast brought to you by Africa Tech Radio, we'll be talking all about this. Of course, I am Jessica Fortunes, driving conversations around tech in Africa, and you're listening to What the Tech Africa. If you haven't subscribed already, now is a good time for you to hit the subscribe button, like, drop a review, comment, and show us some love. As we go ahead in the conversation, don't forget that you can join in by sending in your comments and reactions via WhatsApp to 0913-558-1766 or through email, which is podcast at africatechradio.com. Now let's get into talking global expansion for African tech startups. To do this with me today is the manager, entrepreneur selection growth at Endeavor, Mide Alonge. Endeavor is a global organization with a mission to unlock the transformational power of entrepreneurship by selecting, supporting, and investing in the world's top founders. Thank you for joining me today, Midei. Hi, hi. Pleasure being here. So very quickly, please tell us about your work at Endeavor and how Endeavor is impacting the next generation of African founders. Um, so at Endeavor, what we primarily do is be at the front run of entrepreneurship in emerging markets. We're currently in, in about 40, 40 markets globally, but you mostly see us in emerging markets like Africa, Latin, Southeast Asia, and a few um, European countries. Um, and primarily, what we, what the hypothesis around it is that, you know, primarily over the past years, um, most of the support for entrepreneurs has mostly been in like places like Silicon Valley, New York, um, and, and even in places like London. And so there's a lot of emerging markets that where they have high growth entrepreneurs but aren't getting the right support. And we have taken that initiative to be the organization that brings together entrepreneurs, brings together experts and mentors, and tries to and and also investors and, and tries to support um, innovation and entrepreneurship in parts of the world that haven't gotten a lot of support. And the good thing is that places like Africa, where we where we have currently about uh, in currently six countries, we're starting to see a lot more traction in African countries, and that's really where we want to see um, a more trends towards. Okay, well done. It sounds like amazing work yourself and the team is doing. So let's talk about some of the startups you have on the team, right? You're supporting. How many of them have gone on to you know expand beyond Nigeria? to other countries or from Ghana to another country? Um, so most of the companies in our portfolio have actually like expanded. So at the moment, we have um, Migo, for example, who has expanded to, to Brazil and um, started off in Nigeria. And what they primarily do is, is, is lending. Um, and they've, they've, they've set up a, a, a platform to be able to provide data, KYC information for the lenders that want to lend um, they also provide loans and credit to to, to customers. 
and we also have Haga, which you mentioned earlier, who who is um, um, who actually is expanding into Mexico. And that, and the thing about our portfolio is 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 that we look at specific for high growth companies. So because Endeavor is set up to provide support to high impact entrepreneurs, we most likely would mostly get portfolio companies that are probably at around maybe already that raised their Series A already. And so by the time they're getting Series A, Series B, most of the investments they're getting is already for expansion um, or, or even in-depth penetration into the ecosystem. And so what you find out is that majority of our companies are, are have expanded. So for example, we have Flutterwave, who has expanded outside Nigeria. We have Paga, we have Vigo. Um, um, we all we have Trade, Trade Depot as well, who is a who is a logistics company, and what they try to do is is, is to to be the, the, the go to stop for um, small and, and and corner shops to have to, to get their their commodities supplied to them straight directly from manufacturers. So basically cutting off um, the wholesalers, and so from from your phone, you should be able to order if you own a store in in let's say Lupeju, you should be able to order through 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 your phone and get your your stocks within 24 hours, right? Um, they they they're also expanded to South Africa as well. And so what you find out is a lot of our companies have sort of expanded beyond um beyond beyond, beyond Nigeria. Mm, that's interesting, and that's quite a very impressive portfolio you have there at Endeavor. But then you mentioned the fact that Endeavor is looking for companies with high growth rates and companies that can you know beyond Nigeria or beyond their immediate communities and countries can go on to, you know, build probably Pan-African countries, go international and all of that. But then how do you know that company that's going to do it? Like, how do you know, oh, this is going to be a very fast company that's going to grow beyond Nigeria? Oh, that one is not going to be. So how do you know which countries take out the boxes for you in terms of reaching more countries? Right, right. No, so, so there's, a, there's a couple of things, right? So ideally when we, ideally when we sort of look at our ecosystem, like I said, Endeavor is, you know, about almost 40 countries. So specifically for Endeavor in Nigeria, right? Um, what we primarily look at are a few things. So we try and understand, we have this sort of um, um, three um, uh, category of things we look at. One is the entrepreneur that's running the business, two is the business itself, and three is the timing. So primarily around the entrepreneur, what we, what we, because it's a community of entrepreneurs, we need to make sure that the entrepreneur is one that would, would dream big and inspire the next generation. And specifically what I mean by that is, so for example, a, a pay staff, which is not necessarily in our portfolio, but that's one that we would have liked to got in our portfolio. However, now they've, they've sort of um, exited. But, when you right, but but when you look at it with with, with Shalal or Paystack, is that he's an entrepreneur who you know right now has invested in multiple other con- you know smaller smaller um, tech companies that are coming up, or even if you look at a Flutterwave, right? When you talk about GD or Flutterwave, who when you now look at the the, the next generation of entrepreneurs and tech companies coming up, whether it's it's Mono or, or a few other companies coming up, you start to find out that these entrepreneurs who who started you know the, the, the big multi-million dollar companies that like Florida with are now investing in the next generation. So one of our ethos in Endeavor is to ensure that we have entrepreneurs that have this give back mindset 
and are willing to invest and support the next generation of entrepreneurs. So that's one key thing. Regardless of how great a success your business is, what we look at uh, before getting you into our portfolio. Um, also, even with entrepreneurs, also someone that's coachable, right? So when you think about it, we have over 4,000 mentors. These are mentors from people that are Amazon, Apple, Disney, Netflix, you know, um, Stripe, you know, and, and, and PayPal and all the rest around the, the globe. And so we have these 4,000 mentors that are all over the, the world and are, have, you know, volunteered to give our entrepreneurs their time to support them, whether it's in expansion plans, like how do you expand to like, you know, Egypt or, or the U.S. Or, or Brazil or things like that, or even to help in terms of degree defining their business model. And so the entrepreneur has to be able to be coachable so that you can also take feedback. And the other two things are around business and timing. Business is one, um, are you, is your business actually creating large scale amounts of wealth and jobs? And the reason why I say that is that, so I do need people say startups create jobs and they're the, you know, the ways that more you to get employment, but there's actually a discussion about that. It's not really startups, it's actually scale up. Um, when you set up the startup space, there's only so many jobs you can create just to try and even make money, right? But once you get find product market fit and you're able to get to a point where you've now started making revenue and, you, and, and, and you're now sort of a scale up where you're now making you know, enough money to, or even, even if you're a bit positive and you're not making a lot of money, then you can now scale. Once you're, once you're at the stage where you're scaling, that's when you're creating jobs. When you're talking about expanding to South Africa, expanding to Ghana, then you're able to start creating jobs. But when you're still a 10, 10 person team, you're really not creating as many jobs as, 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 as needed because you're still trying to even you know, find your product market fit. So one of the things we look at there is um, whether there's, there's a potential to scale across um, the country. So for example, we recently added um, um, Tima to our portfolio. Tima really does, you know, they're around mobile money, um, getting um, the unbanked to be banked or the underserved to be banked. And they're doing it through, you know, mobile agents in very rural communities. Now you can see a high growth potential because if you look at across Africa, there's still so much of a population that's still, you know, very much unbacked, especially in the rural areas. So a business like that, you can see that there's a lot of reach and potential because when you look at Nigeria, you know, beyond sort of the major cities, you start seeing a lot more high, high amounts of, of population that is not, that is unbacked. And then, but then if you're able to solve this problem and get the, the you know, the, 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 the person in, in Lokoja, you know, in, in Nigeria or in some, you know, very, very remote person to be able to make transfers to someone in, in Lagos, right? So you're able to sort of solve that and bridge that gap. Then you're not starting to make sure the, um, you're not facing financial services to people that didn't have financial services. And then we you get the potential for that. If you think about it, if you, you know, in Nigeria, for example, over 100 million people are still on bank, right? So if you can provide service that addresses those 100 million people, you're going to make a lot of money. And when you think about other African countries, and you're able to solve that thing for other Africans, and there's a huge potential for job creation, um, um, revenue generation, and and even then, you know, increasing the sort of the, the, the economy of, 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 the, of the country. And then the last thing that we look at is timing, right? Timing is just a matter of is this company at the inflection point. And the reason why this is important for us is because um, because our support is very global. Um, if you're still at the stage of your company where you're not yet thinking about of really expansion and scaling, then the amount of services we can provide will probably not be the most beneficial to you, right? Um, uh, and so that's really why the time is also important from an inflection point perspective. 
Okay, that's that's really, really in-depth. I took out the timing factor, you know, the entrepreneurs themselves and how big they're thinking, job creation, all of that. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. I feel like anyone listening right now has more knowledge of what Endeavor as a company is looking for and how to position themselves perhaps as a global company. But then you also mentioned that timing and you talked about there has there's that point where you start to think about global expansion. So for a startup, how do you know you've gotten to that point where you're thinking global expansion as the next thing to do? Is there like a factor, key factor that you need to have ticked off? Is there something you need to do to know that okay, I'm ready for the next step? Yeah, that's that's that, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think there's a few things, right? So so one is if if you haven't found product market space, then you're probably not ready for scaling. Um, if you're still finding out the feedback you're getting from your customers are still about your product and it's not serving them 100%, then there's still some things you need to refine. So a lot of the things we find out from, and there's nothing from, from a lot of the companies we speak to, right? Because before we sort of get companies in our portfolio, we, we, we've spoken to probably 50 companies before we sort of get one that, that, that gets them. And what we find out is that when you first start a business, what you intend the business to do may not necessarily be what the customer wants. And it's okay, right? A lot of businesses you see the pivot, right? You start off as, um, as doing one thing and you pivot into another, uh, into another business. For example, team up that I mentioned, when they first started, they started off as creating um, um, white-labeled um, um, fintech services for banks, right? They knew how to you know, create sort of mobile, mobile technology so that traditional banks could um, have mobile apps right, to serve their customers. So they knew how to create back in, um, as a service for banks. But very, very quickly, they pivoted. Once they realized that, you know, a lot of the customers were still having challenges, they still weren't feeling like they're, because now they had mobile apps, they didn't, they didn't necessarily feel like the, the, their problems were still being solved. And eventually they stopped creating products for banks, so they created products for themselves. And specifically, not just anyone, but created for, for customers that were in rural areas that would consistently complain of lack of financial service. And so um, one of the things is, yeah, if you haven't gotten product market, you're probably not ready for scaling. Two, when you look at your market, if you look at, um, I mean, that's why I guess, you know, competition is very important because it also lets you understand what your market share is. Because especially when you think about the companies we spoke to, there's that balance between should I, so for example, right, should I expand, I'm already in Lagos, and I'm doing so well in Lagos. Should I expand to Oshun, Ogun State, Abuja, or should I move to neighboring countries like Ghana? That's an important sort of decision that a lot of um, um, customers, um, entrepreneurs make. And I don't think there's a specific answer for that because it really depends on a few things. So to expand either outside Lagos or to Ghana, there's a cost attached to it. And there's also a potential revenue you can make. Now, depending on your target market, the cost may outweigh the revenue, and so that's one thing you need to really look at. So if you're going, to, if you think expanding to Ogun State is going to cost the same thing as expanding to Ghana, however, in Ogun State, the amount of people that let's say have, you know, iPhones or or um, or um, um, smartphones is less than twenty percent of the market. Whereas if you go to Ghana, you can still get go to let's say Accra, I still target sixty percent of the market. Then you're probably better off going to Ghana 
and going to Ubuntu state. I mean, obviously these numbers are, are not accurate, but 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 but, but, but that's the thinking that goes around it. Um, because we because what you have to think about is your target market really much drives your expansion plan. And and to be very honest, different advisors, different mentors would have different perspectives on this. So you often see people say, well, why not own the whole Nigeria first before you move to Ghana? Right? Where some people say, well, it's good to start testing Ghana because you want to get a certain advantage in Ghana. It gets a certain advantage in Ghana or South Africa because if you don't go there, maybe by the next six months, another competitor has moved there. Right, so it's still one that a lot of entrepreneurs still balance, and I and I and I think today, I mean, I was still in the, in the meeting yesterday, and then I was still finding out that even on the same panel, different uh, investors that were in the panel were advising entrepreneurs totally differently because of their own experiences. Some believe it's good to start testing new markets, even though you're not going to really go go in there, and some are like it's a distraction to be testing new markets when you could own a market and, and become the, the market leader. Um, so, so that dilemma is also very important. So, so those are, I think, things that we say sort of you, you look at. And three, you think about how much, you know, how, how, how big the market is. If you're, if you're still, if you look at, if you do like a SWOT analysis, all right, and, and you also look at, do, do a, a competitive landscape analysis, and you see that, you know, you're still a very small part of the market, or, and you're still in a very small part of the market, so then you probably should do more in acquiring new customers before you sort of start thinking of, 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 of scaling. And here, I guess last, a lot of people really look at from, from a thought perspective is, is, is sort of, you know, how much you raise, right? If you have to, if you don't have enough money right, to, to be spending, then there's no need to, to be expanding, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. right. So a lot of people, we, sometimes in Nigeria, in Nigeria, there's this thing that maybe once you start raising, I guess, 20 million and above, maybe 10 to 20, then you probably should start thinking of sort of expanding, it's usually another thing that people look at but there's really no accurate numbers to that as well okay okay you know i was i was also going to say that thing about if you haven't conquered the whole of nigeria why are you moving out you know i mean you ha- you're now you're solving the problem in zamfara and all of this why do you need to move to ghana but having you explain it just gives me a clearer picture of why it makes sense and why markets is important because like you said, if there are not a lot of people in Ogun that are using mobile phone and you want to go there and solve a problem that you need a phone for or internet for, what are you going there to do? Especially if you're not going to build the infrastructure yourself at that point in time. So thank you for that explanation. It was amazing. So now I'd like to ask, what role does expansion play on fundraising and attractiveness of a business? Um, so... When you fundraise, it sends signals to people that one, people believe in your product, two, your business is successful, um, and, and three, um, there are a lot more opportunities that you think your service can provide. Um, and, and, and so it's always a good signal when you're able to fundraise. Now, a lot of times when investors give you money, you pretty much have to say what you want to use the money for. And once you start raising series A and above, usually a lot of entrepreneurs have, they want you to expand, right? Um, and, and, and from an expert, so for, from, and, and so when you think about expansion from that perspective, you have to realize that companies, um, a lot of investors want you to expand quickly, right? Because they believe that first move as advantage is always important. And the more you expand, the, the more your market opportunity 
you know, um, um, increases, right? So in their in their head, it's thinking it's all the thing about music and you can make more money, you can gain more customers. So obviously, if you're in Nigeria, a little bit in Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, and Kenya, then it means that you have to make more money and you can become big very quickly. So fundraising is very, very key to expand. Now, it's almost like a chicken and egg, you know, situation, right? You you need money to expand. However, sometimes investors want you to have started using your credit money to expand, maybe to test a few markets, and then use that as a case study to expand, or else it doesn't make sense for the expansion. Um, and... And, and, and so if you think about it from that lens, what you start to realize is that a lot of um, um, expansion plays a huge role in, 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 in how you're able to fundraise. Now, the, problem, the question is, why is expansion so important, especially for Nigerian companies? There's a, there's a few reasons. There's a lot of um, unpredictability and uncertainty in Nigeria. I mean, it's... In Africa, generally speaking, like there's that sort of global consensus that it's so unstable, you know, the, the risks are so much higher, and so a lot of investors just stay away. Um, and so they don't give as much money to African businesses um, than they give to, you know, the Western market. And even those that give money, there's that discount, right? And, and what I mean by that is, so, you know, if there's people, a lot of people say Paystack was, an American company definitely would have acquired them for more than 200 million, right? But because it's an African company, there's that discount attached to it. Um, and so, because there's not a lot of, of money in the market anyway. Now, n- n- now, the last thing I will say on this is that around the uncertainty in, 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 in Nigeria, which is where people expand, is that, for one, you have that sort of um, instability in terms of government policy, right? Unfortunately, in Nigeria, it happens that the, the government sort of intervenes a lot with tech, right? And so very, very carefully, you have to understand, you know, are you going to put your whole business in a country that tomorrow you could be banned, right? Or do you start to sort of diversify that so that, you know, you de-risk your resources? You know, I mean, you can think about whether it's uh, the crypto guys, right? And, and see sort of those that were just in Nigeria, how the impact that would have had on your business versus those that are sort of had really started expanding to, to other countries. Um, the second thing I'll say around that is just around the penetration of tech, right? So I think it's along what I was saying before is that if you, you know, if Kenya has more mobile phone penetration and you're a mobile phone, you know, company and, and, and you're, you're, you're a software that speeds up of, of, of smartphones, then you have to think about it in the sense of the quicker you expand to Kenya, the more money you can make because there's only so many people that have smartphones and internet connections in Nigeria. Right, um, and so those are the kind of things that feed into it. Now, once you start playing those signals to investors, that oh, you're going to expand to countries that have more um, mobile, phone, mobile phone penetration, internet penetration, then they're more likely to sort of give you more money to expand. And so, in Africa, it's almost like you have to expand to be successful because there's so many risks in in one country alone. Mm, so like diversify your risk so that yeah. you're not yeah. getting hit all the time from the same government and from the same country again that was gem thank you very much for dropping that you know funny enough i was going to ask you at some point <laughs> why is it important for startup founders to you know expand because we see them wanting to expand but you already put that up in here and you've shared more light on it so i'm just going to go ahead and ask how important this is for the ecosystem and for the country. You know, you're expanding, great, but 
what the hell does that leave the country you're going out of or you're moving from or expanding to? What impact does it have first in the country you're moving to and the country you probably started from? And then how does it at large affect the African tech ecosystem? Very, very good question. I think generally speaking, it's great. It's great for the country you're moving from and to, right? It, it shows validation of your product. It shows that you solve the problem especially because a lot of the problems across different African countries are pretty much similar. And so you basically are just deploying your solution in a new market. I mean, just so for example, right, when you look at in, in, in 2020, we had a total of 1.5 billion um, equity funding in the ecosystem. Now that's super great. That's super great for the ecosystem because we think about where we're coming from in back in about in, in about three years before then, in 2017, it was just about $1 billion that came in, right? So that's about um, 50% more. Now, when you think about it from that perspective, if, you know, things have happened from 2017 to now, where you find that more, more, more companies are expanding, there's more local penetration, there's more um, understanding of the African tech ecosystem, um, and even the, the, the exits that happened um, um, last year, um, with with, um, with with pace with, with pace was also very a very good signal for investors because it shows that you know this, this people can actually get their money back when they invest, right? Which is one that people weren't aware. I've never been sure over the past few years, and so these sort of exits are very very important. Now, for each individual country's ecosystem, it's also very relevant. So when you think about Nigeria, for example, um, because of the startups that have come out of Nigeria and they're expanding into other countries. Whenever um, um, investors look at Nigeria, they now look at it as a good as a good market. So, in uh, in in 2020, for example, Nigeria had over 300 million dollars in investment. Um, you know, um, Ghana had over 100 million dollars. Egypt had about about two 250 to 60 million, and then South Africa had about 260 million dollars. So you can see that. You know, from where we've been coming from, where, you know, a whole continent was having about 500, you know, you have a, you know, a whole continent was having about $500 million. Nigeria alone now is having like $300 million. So that tells you there's a lot of growth um, in the ecosystem. And there's also a lot of expansions that are happening. When I talk about our, 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 our portfolio, I think about, um, 70-80% of them are have already currently expanded and then the rest are, are looking to expand. Um, so it's one that you can see a lot of trends and for, for investors, you find out that if you're not going to expand, you probably are not you know, likely to even get as much as much investment. Now, on another thing, it's just around, you know, from the economy, right? So when you think about it, it's, um, there's a few trends in expansion. You see a lot of Nigerian companies and this is both ways. You see a lot of Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, Kenya, Egypt, um, um, expansion happening, right? And, and this is because these are countries that you've seen. One, I mean, a lot of sort of mobile phone penetration. You see a lot of internet penetration. You see, I mean, maybe Nigeria is, is, is the least in this one, but a lot of sort of government supporting um, entrepreneurship and innovation in, in, 
in this country. And so it's easier for companies to expand into these countries and sort of solve problems that you saw in the countries you're coming out from. And, and, then, and then I think the last thing to also mention here is that when you even think about like even female entrepreneurs, right? You know, prior to now, it has always seemed like um, um, they've been underfunded, right? But the reality is it's starting to grow. It's quite, quite a bit to grow, right? But um, even for the next generation of entrepreneurs, it helps the countries you're, you're entering. So you now see places like um, Kenya or, 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 or Egypt or even Ghana, that a lot more entrepreneurs are coming out of those countries because they've seen a Nigerian company come to expand in, in, in Ghana and it's doing so well. And so when you look at how it, it, it sort of trickles down, so it's actually the education system, tech is now being talked about more. The government of, of Ghana is now being sort of, you know, aware more about the opportunities technology can, can bring to the ecosystem. The educational, the educational system is now being improved because tech and innovation are now being talked about. And so, you know, um, on females who, you know, primarily wouldn't have been into tech as well, you know, now they start learning more and seeing more and how tech is helping them solve problems that they were having. And, and now that sort of inspires them to then create more businesses that they can then potentially invest in, and that they, that they can then potentially um, 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 expand to other countries. And, and, I, and I think, and I, and I think this, this is evident in pretty much a lot of the sectors. I mean, fintech obviously is more common, obviously, fintech comes to expand to other countries, but it's also seen in like agri-tech, e-commerce firms. I mean, with, with the Jumia expanding to different countries and, and really doing great. As, as well. Yeah. It's amazing to learn about the ripple effect of expansion, you know, it has on the tech system and the countries as well. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. And there we have it for today's episode on global expansion. So before we go, do you have any final words for that startup founder who's probably listening and thinking, um, one day I want to be in Ghana, Nairobi? and all these other countries outside Nigeria. What word will you have for them? Yeah, I, I think what I, what I would say is, like, um, expansion is great. Um, like our, our market is, is still, um, built, still been trying to be understood. And for many um, investors, um, if you're not going to expand, they're still not going to understand how, how big your market is because they don't believe, they don't believe that, you know, um, the penetration of technology is that high. And so for you to show numbers that are comparable to like the US or Europe, you need to put together a lot of African countries together, right? <laughs> the phone one, the phone your case, and, and, then, and, the, and then it then looks attractive to, to, to the foreign investors so that the numbers make sense. And so, you know, for, for that founder out there, what I would say is, look, once you've gotten a good sense of product market fit, understood your customer base, and really done a, a, a good profiling of, the, the, I understand the problem you're solving. Just identify countries that have similar problems and, and start to create partnerships. Like one thing to not, to not you know, overlook is the partnerships that are important in, in whatever ASEAN country you're thinking of expanding to. And if you look at our portfolio, regardless of the size, like we have companies you know, of a billion dollars in our portfolio um, and you're sitting about and trying to learn how to expand, right? Um, so it's one thing that it's always good put at the back of your head and it's one that will definitely help you scale, make more money and, and, and I think we solve more problems for the African continent because I think we all want to, you know, an African continent where um, all our problems are being solved and innovation and technology is at the forefront of that. 
Okay, and there you have it guys, Mide Alonge, 7 gems on how you can expand your company, why you should expand, and of course giving you tips to help you do it better and faster. I believe that every founder listening to this has learned a lot, because I have, and I know that you can definitely implement and help your company to grow to the next level. Again, thank you very much for joining me, Mide. It's been insightful and amazing talking to you. And so until next time, I remain Jessica Fortunes and you're listening to What The Tech Africa brought to you by Africa Tech Radio. What The Tech Africa, an Africa Tech Radio podcast.